Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Working class on DeerCast, Lee Her is back again. Kurt Geyer. How do you do this? How do know. you keep coming back? Um, I have really bad stories, I guess. <laughs> I just I think we like you too much is yeah. the problem. Well, here I am. Okay, so you guys saw the cover art, which Lee did not necessarily approve of the cover art of this. Not in any way, shape, or form. I went ahead and made the executive decision to approve the cover art on his behalf. <laughs> I think it's really funny. It is funny. It's so, funny, but I don't like it, but it is what it is. I think most people who are going to watch or clicked on this because of cover art know what it's like to have a, a pain in the butt dough, um, which you just happen to name yours, Karen, for um, very apl- applicable social media reasons. Yep. Right? Yeah. So, But we, uh, we've all had that dough that either always bust you she's smart she's old she's savvy and also it's interesting to do a podcast on a dough yeah especially when it was my number two target okay <laughs> and it was a dough so, so well, let's just get into it and explain how does that even happen <laughs> so the county i hunt in mostly um limited doe tags there's a of, lot of counties in iowa that are like yeah that. there are um the county i'm in is really ag based mm-hmm. uh, there's not a lot of timber and the deer population is pretty low mm-hmm. um Except for where I hunt, the places I hunt next to. Um, <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. The places I hunt next to are uh, the bigger timber areas, so they draw a lot of deer in. Yeah. Um, and last year, so when I killed Junk Brow that year, um, there was a doe that every time I was there, she would pick me out in the tree, and I didn't have a doe tag, and I had a couple chances where she was close enough, but... You didn't have a doe tag. I didn't have a doe tag, and with... My bow buck and junk brow. I'm not going to shoot a doe with my state yeah, tag. So, right. which you could, you could. And I then, could, but yeah. yeah, not gonna. So this is the legacy of Karen begins here while this you're hunting junk brow. Yes, 
Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Spicy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because that feeling when you're hunting a buck and the game plan's coming out, because uh, does will pop you Does like that will get you before a buck will. So she comes out first. You're like, ah, oh, I got to beat her first before you get to the yeah, grand finale. She. It wouldn't matter if she came out at, there's like two trails that come out. One's at about 50 and one's at about 200. And if even if she came out on the 200-yard trail, and I'm in a, a tree. I'm only like 12 foot off the ground in the tree that I was in, but cover everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. you're not seeing me. Most 99.9% of the deer do not pick me off. Yeah. Except for Karen. She would pick me off even if she stepped in 200 yards away. Instantly would just lock on my tree and walk right to me. Really? Just look at me the whole way and get to about 30 yards and stomp. Yeah. Sounds right. And no doe tag. So... Um, you just letting her get smart. Just letting her get smart. And that's that's how the Karen story started. And Karen, she was really recognizable because she was a big double throat patch doe. Which makes her um, cooler. Which makes her cooler. She was not a big bodied doe, um, but her throat patch was... How many nice times did white. she bust you the season you were hunting junk brow? Uh, so she was... And part of the reason I nicknamed her Karen is because she would... She was just spooky. She wouldn't snort just at me like... Um, if a squirrel jumped out of a tree or like a nut fell, she would snort and she would run away and a lot of the deer on the field wouldn't move. So mm. that's why I named her Karen was because she was on edge and like would clear the field. She had a pro- she wanted to speak to the manager about everything. Yeah, she would leave the field, but the rest of the deer would just pick their heads up and look at her like, oh, it's her. What, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's her again? again. So how many times did she bust out your field or try to bust out the field while hunting junk, bro? Mm, I didn't keep track, but I hunted there 12 total times because I was really Selected. tactical about yeah. when I went in. And probably half of them, I would say, she it's came out good, and pretty good odds. And, yeah. <laughs> so every other deer's used to. Okay, yeah. so everyone kind of it doesn't happen all the time, but I think most people who've hunted long enough know that doe. Yes. Okay. Yep. Now that we got that groundwork laid out of like why this thing, this is where the the legacy, the short legacy of Karen starts. <laughs> yeah. So coming into this season, obviously, I had probably the best season I'll ever have in my life last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year was the exact opposite. I Why had, is that? I, well, that's the 200-inch curse. That's what it is, Kurt. It's a real thing. I'll take that curse. <laughs> yep, I would too again. It, it sucked, <laughs> but I would do it again. Yeah. Ross um, had the same thing happen. He killed his 202 and then just had, I mean, he still killed a mature deer, but he struggled to get it done. Yeah. You know, it's just one of them years. That yeah. happens. Yeah, and I mean, throughout all my cameras and everything, you know, normally I hunt enough area that I have I have eight to ten mature shooters. You know, mm-hmm. not necessarily big, big, but old enough to shoot. Yeah. Um, and this year I had two, mm. the old man ten. Yep. And Karen, because the old man ten was the only buck that I had across my forty some fifty cameras that I run. Mm-hmm. And he was the only one that was mature enough and of the caliber that I would want to shoot. So, like one, how big? How big is the old man ten this He's year? Mid fifties, a mid fifties mature buck and a mature double throat patch doe are like <laughs> neck and neck. It's so at weird, this point, just because of my vendetta against her, right? And coming into the season, my I bought a doe tag. I made sure I got on at midnight when they opened, so I could get one. Yeah, and I got one, and for the purpose of shooting karen letting her have it of, of running an arrow through her okay that was my goal. you should have wrote on your fletching the manager <laughs> the manager that would have been funny <laughs> okay so you draw a doe tag karen's gonna get it yep so you think she's yeah so i think she's getting it um <laughs> she i 
her lucky, me unlucky, I don't know what to call it, but I had encounters with her almost every time I went. Mm-hmm. She was out there. And 13 encounters in a row, she was within bow range, and I could not get a shot at her. <laughs> it just seems so unnecessary. It seems ridiculous. But people are, dude, people at home are like, I thought Lee was a good hunter, and now yeah, they're mad judging you. Who is this you. guy? Yeah, yeah. Why is he on here? <laughs> oh, okay, so 13 times. 13 times in a row. In bow range. She was within bow range. And, you know, my, my bow range is 55 and in. Yeah, 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 for right. me. Yeah. Um, you know, so not chip shot range, but within shots that I would feel comfortable taking. Yeah, especially on like a feeding deer or yeah, whatever. Maybe not on her cuz she was a spooky, you yeah. know what, mm-hmm. but um, spooky Karen. A spooky Karen. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and it was either she would come straight in looking right at me, no shot. Um, the closest I got, I actually drew back on her. She was coming uh, it was like early November. Um her and another doe were coming to me mm-hmm. on the field edge and here comes this little year and a half old forky and comes in and cuts them off and runs them across the field. Mm. so on the property i had a box blind and a tree stand one i can hunt with south winds one i can hunt with north winds the box blind was with north winds um, and i kind of used it for the scent control aspect yeah um, and I, I won it last year and it's the first time i ever had it i practiced out of it this summer um and the 14th encounter Karen came into range and I had shot at a target out of the box blind sitting in a chair mm-hmm. a bunch. So I was, I felt comfortable with yeah, it for the prepared for the, yeah, the I shot. Felt yeah. prepared for the situation. She comes into like 25 and I get the window open and I dude, <laughs> hold on. Is it not recording? No. <laughs> Did you not press the record button? <laughs> Working class on DeerCast. Welcome back to Working Class on DeerCast. We just recorded ten minutes of this podcast, and I didn't have the camera recording. Oh. So Lee was telling me about Karen the doe, and it was really great. You guys yeah. should have heard that first ten minutes. And we're gonna have to just somehow catch you guys up. This is where I just got back from Mexico last night, for the record, and my brain apparently is not fully working. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> hey, it happens. 2023 is off to an amazing start here on Working Class on DeerCast. Lee Hurz back in the studio. Thanks for being here, Lee. Nice to see you. <laughs> How do you make your way in here all the time? Well, it's because we like you. <laughs> yeah. I'll act like I haven't heard the lead up to this full story. <laughs> Lee, people are wondering, why a doe? Why is there a podcast about a doe? We all have that doe that we've had in our hunting career, and if you haven't yet, you will. Mm-hmm. That is just a pain in the neck. <laughs> um, <laughs> mine just so happened to be dubbed Karen, and it starts from back when I was uh, hunting junk brow. She's in the same place I killed junk brow in my bow buck last year. You, you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to just play that intro, and we'll just do a, the logo on the screen, and then now people are, I'm just airing out what I'm going to do. And then we'll just bring it from the top. How's so that? That way we don't have to recreate. Yeah, because I don't want to like do it again when it's not real. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. First time in working class on Deercast history, hey, I've done that. It happens. I looked at that little red icon. I'm like, oh, that's not recording. I didn't hit that button. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it'd be great to have an intern. Oops. Hiring. Maybe you 
Okay. So, you've heard the first portion. <laughs> Let's go back from the top where I realized that we weren't recording. Get a little bit of um, F-word editing to cut out of that. Um, <laughs> she came into shooting range. You'd practice out of the blind. Yeah. So That I, seems like the best route to do this, yeah, right? Yep. So, practiced in the blind a lot. Felt completely confident. Um, she was coming in. It was my 14th encounter. So, I got the window open, and she has a daughter who I nicknamed Cassie. Karen, okay. Karen Cassie. Right. Um, also a double throat patch doe. Oh, really? Yes. Hung out with her. Um, every There was a group of four does that would come out together. The double throat patch adds to the sweetness of what this deer yes. is like as a personality trait. Yes. And it, it's a identifiable trait, so I could know it was the same doe every time. Yeah. Um, anyways, she's coming. Cassie comes to 25 yards. I set my pin. <laughs> yeah, just, it's just funny. Just does by name, by human names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cassie comes to 25 yards, so I set my pin. I'm like, Karen's going to follow right behind her. Um, and in typical Karen fashion, um, she didn't. She got a little spooky when she was in between my – in the blinds, they have the the horizontal and the vertical, and she was yeah. in the brace area mm -hmm. and got spooky and started quartering away. So I ranged where she was at, and she was like 32 walking away, so I dialed to 37. Mm -hmm. So I was like, by the time I get dialed, draw and shoot, she's quartering away perfect. So I draw, settle my pin. And I'm one of those people that you always hear people say, well, my, my arrow was in flight and I, you know, she moved and this, you know, I've always been like, oh, come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah, sure. Just say you made a bad shot. Yeah. Well, this happened. It happened to me. I mean, I pulled the trigger and I was it like, it happened to you. <laughs> I squeezed off my thumb release and she turns and perfectly right you know I'm, I'm aiming right where i need to be and i think it was a combination of a couple things her turning and being that it was my first time shooting at a deer out of the box blind i think i dropped my bow arm oh so i think it was a combination of both and right. kind of like weird anticipation anticipation with watch the arrow oh i got you. I'd never you know i think it was just subconscious i've, I've never shot at a deer out of it i want to watch the arrow make sure it gets there and i, I got think you. that's what happened yeah um, i can see i can see how that could happen because when i shot I hit way, way low. I mean, and she was like right at 37, so mm -hmm. perfect. Um, and she had quartered away harder, and I hit her right smack in the, I would call it the elbow of the back leg. Like the hock? Yeah, like right in the hawk area, like right where her tarsal glands would be. Oh. Like right there in the leg. And she, I mean, the arrow just smacks and barely gets the broadhead penetration. And mm -hmm. I'm like, F. Not good. Not good. This ain't good. So I'm scrambling, grab another arrow. She goes and stands at like 70. And I'm like, well, I already hit her. I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I like an ethical thing at yeah. this point. But then, the, yeah, it's debatable. But I've done the same right. thing. Yes. And she, you know. Same thing with Austin's buck, the yeah. brutal weather buck. He'd already hit it and stands out there. So he's like, I'm yeah. shooting it again. And I didn't, at this point, I wasn't sure, um, you know, if I had hit that artery that runs down the leg or something. Right. So I'm, I'm going to shoot at her again. Just to me, it's the right thing to do. I already hit her. I'm going to try to put another one in her. Mm -hmm. And I shot and just under her belly, mm -hmm. which I'd never shot at a deer that far. You Especially know? out of a blind. Out like of that. a blind. And anyways, she goes, trots off into the neighbors. Um, I get permission from the neighbor to go follow the blood trail, follow the blood trail. How was like, the blood? Honestly, not bad. Um, for lack of penetration. Like, not bad as in it was pretty good? Yes. Yeah. Like, there was a decent amount of blood, really, mm -hmm. but it was a flesh wound. I mean, yeah. my broadhead went in a half an inch. So you got like 100 yards of blood, and then it's going to trickles up? Actually, the blood went, it was, 
I mean, it wasn't like you were throwing a like an artery. It wasn't like an artery hit. Yeah. Um, but it was it was actually decent blood. I mean, I could follow it. There mm-hmm. was times where I had to get where there was a lot of deer tracks because it was when there was snow on the ground. Yeah, yeah. There was times where I had to get on my hands and knees to find it. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but I ended up tracking the blood for like 450 yards, mm. and it was just in like loops in this the neighbor's little timber patch. Like, yeah, she didn't know where she wanted to go. Um, ended up losing the blood. You know what date was this? Do you remember? Uh, same day you killed your buck, November twelfth. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was. Yeah, because you called me earlier, and, and while you were it. in the blind. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's coming back to me. Um. So I ended up, you know, not finding her. Ran out of blood, and I, in my mind, I'm like, it wasn't a fatal shot, you know. Yeah. Um. Hunted there the rest of November because I was hunting the old man. Um. Told the landowner about it. You know, if you see a gimpy deer, that's. Karen, he knew all about her. I yeah, all about yeah, her. it's me. Um, the neighbor knew about it. Nobody saw her. Nothing. Um, no pictures. No. So you think she went off and died somewhere? I thought probably coyotes caught up to her. Oh, my guess. Yeah, that'd make the most sense. You know, yeah. being that she was slower moving, and there's it's a pretty coyote dense area, so I figured for sure coyotes caught up to her. Mm-hmm. And it was just, <laughs> it sounds crazy, like you say, but it was, it was so disheartening that it was like all this build up. And granted, it was just for a doe. I realized but, you that. Know, it, yeah, but it's still a animal right and it was one of my targets even though it was a doe yeah and it was just like i had all those encounters and all those close calls for me to drop the ball at what to me is perfect not a chip shot but a pretty good easily makeable shot you know yeah and i dropped the ball yeah um there's still a deer anytime that happens no matter what you're shooting at you feel terrible yep and it was like it was like you know disheartening like yeah man because you <laughs> had talked you're up. like i was like because i shot a double throat patch doe last season mm-hmm. and i'm i always told myself the first one i shoot i'm gonna shoulder mount it because it's just neat and i wanted that like a doe for my like yep just the variety yep and i was like if you shoot karen you got a mounter oh i planned on it because hey it's a doe that <laughs> this whole buildup is and yeah nice double throat patch and everything mm-hmm. um so all the gun seasons come and go um, I, I've got a late muzzleloader tag and January 8th was going to be my last chance to go because I was going to ATA with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I text that landowner cause I know there's a few does that come out there and I'm like, I'm just going to shoot a doe. You know, the old man has disappeared. Um, I had one other buck show up late season, but he had to go like three quarters of a mile to get to where I could hunt him. Yeah. I was hunting his destination feed field, but mm-hmm. just had to go too far to get there before daylight. Yeah. Um, that's a whole nother story. Hopefully he'll, that'll be continued next year. We'll catch up with that one. Yeah. Hopefully I find a shed here and in, in put next a bookmarker in that one for next season. Yep. Um, so, you know, last day I'm like, I just want to go shoot a doe. Like, you know, do you care if I go sit there? And he's like, no, that's fine. You know, we're not going to go tonight. So I have to wait for my wife to get home from work and I sneak into the field, get in the blind and sitting there and for some reason this year the the deer numbers in my area seemed like they were a lot lower mm-hmm. and especially coming my way there was a crop field to the south that got um harvested later and a lot of corn had dropped um so all the deer were headed south and not a lot were coming through yeah my property like they were in the previous two years mm-hmm. and uh i'm sitting there and out steps this group of four does that are you know karen was always with a group of four okay and mind you, I had not seen Karen in two months. Yeah, roughly. which is bizarre because how consistent. It's like her field. Yeah. Yep. 
And I'm sitting there and it's getting closer to dark. And I'm like, all right, you know, because there was a chance the old man was going to come out, but not likely because I hadn't had pictures of him in like 10 days. Yeah. Um, so getting closer to last light and I'm like, all right, I'm going to shoot one of these does. So I, I finally put my, my, my binoculars up and look at them. And the one is Cassie and she'd stayed around. Um, but it always been that it was her and the other two. Karen was never with them. Mm. The times that I had seen them right after I shot hit Karen and I'm sitting there looking at Cassie and I'm like, well, I'm going to shoot her. She's she's next in line for for the pain in my <laughs> the next does. offspring yeah, she, <laughs> yeah she's got to hold up to the name <laughs> yeah um so i get the gun on her and i'm looking through the scope and all of a sudden the one starts walking and i paid attention to cassie the whole time because i could tell it was her because she was standing back on the neighbors and i could see her double throw patch and i'm like oh, okay i'm gonna shoot her yeah well then i noticed this doe and it's limping on its back left leg and i'm like no freaking way Hadn't seen Karen in two months. Yeah. And the day I come in just to shoot a doe, here comes Karen limping out into the field. And I haven't seen her in two Where'd months. Where'd she go? You had no trail cam pictures or nothing? No. And I pulled a lot I pulled a lot of my cameras off of there. I kept like one or two. Yeah. Um, because I loaded located that other late muzzleloader buck. So I moved them all that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept one there and it was on the other side of the field that she didn't frequent. Wow. I wonder what I wonder what she did. I wonder if she just hit a different field because of I that. Don't know. Or just laid low and then come out at night and not yeah, maybe just only come out a little bit and then back to bed. I don't know. Interesting. She, you know, I saw the limp and it didn't really cross my mind until she picked her head up and looked at me and I could see the big double throat patch. And I, I was just like, <laughs> where have you been? What are the, what are the odds? Also, know? sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the great equalizer is in oh, my hands now. Man. Yeah. And the great equalizer. <laughs> yeah. Man, that I don't want We're kind of giggling. Because we know the outcome of the yeah. story, we're not laughing because of wounding the deer. That right. that's now it's kind of we can a little, but right, you know, for all purposes, like you you were pretty tore up over this. I was I was so hard on myself because I've not wounded a lot of deer. Mm-hmm. There's only one uh, one other deer I've ever hit with the bow, and well, my bow buck last year I, I hit high double lung. Neighbors found him. Um, you know, so I knew pretty quickly that he, he expired. Um, yeah. there's only one other deer in my history that I've hit and not found. Mm-hmm. That's so, pretty good. Yeah. And it, it's just like, it hurts, you know, you don't want it. Yeah. You don't want to put an animal through that. Right. It, it sucks to do it because you practice to avoid it. So, but I guess in a way like seeing her, you're probably like, okay, like it, maybe the injury wasn't as bad and she just like, just Learn from it. Was and skittish of the field, you know. Yeah. I would be if I walked into a grocery store and got shot. I'd never visit that grocery store again. Yeah, probably not going back that. to that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, so valid. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's she just got comfortable and you know realized that she was all right and because the landowner didn't shoot any deer out there at all, so yeah. she had like two months to acclimate. Um, and I ended up shooting her, and <laughs> I called you. 10 seconds after I pulled the trigger. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you're not going to believe this. (laughs) (laughs) What? I I was like, I just killed Karen. And you were like, no, no way. (laughs) It's like, yep, got even the great equalizer. Dude, that's the the reach out and touch them gun. (laughs) The reach out. See, what do they do? What do these deer do when they disappear? It's like, that's, that's the unknown. That's like what's so attractive about hunting. Like the animals you try to like, get in their head like what what are they doing like when they when they disappear where do they go yeah are they three properties over are they still there they just change things up and 
how come you're not getting pitchers and all that like doe or buck like they you just pay attention more to buck movements yeah. than you do doe movements i think i think a lot of people take doe patterns for granted because it's just like overlooked mm-hmm. you're not hunting one specific one usually but i wonder if you could learn a lot more if you tried to target a, a doe. specific doe yeah you know it might teach you a lot about just general deer behavior yeah rather than big buck behavior which can be different i was talking about this with my cousin kevin the other day you know because both of us you know the old man 10 i had him on a really good pattern all year mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it was just like psh, what changed. happened yeah yeah and then he had one the same he called high rack you know had a crazy good pattern on him and then all of a sudden just psh, and it was hmm. a time of year when something like that shouldn't happen yeah and you know like it wasn't like the rut made him disappear no, or something like no. that yeah and it was like you know it, it doesn't matter how much we think we know or how much we think we've got a pattern on a deer, or how much we're so dialed in and calculated on this certain deer. Yeah. They're a wild animal. They're in charge. <laughs> like They do whatever they want. They can do whatever that they want, whenever they want. That's the cool thing about them, man. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, there's the high fence argument, of course. Like, yeah, it's, we all know that argument. But, mm-hmm. like, most times they're wild. They go wherever they want. If a deer doesn't want to come to the field and eat, doesn't want to come to the food plot and eat, doesn't want to get up out of his bed. Dude. He might and not. two, like this, these podcasts are yet to come. This one's going to launch before these launch. Like I just got back from my coos deer hunt. They're, they're many desert whitetails is what they are, mm-hmm. but I consider them to be a different, I don't consider them a whitetail. They yeah. are, they are, they but are, they're yeah. not. Yeah. But you know, you glass a whole mountainside and there's no deer. And then you go back the next day, and then they're all there. Mm-hmm. It's like, but they're just one side. They're on the other side of the hill, or they're just not. I don't know. The movements of them and how they navigate and everything is, like, so amazing. And I think that's, like, the big allure to hunting in general. It's, like, the curiosity of, like, what the animals are doing. Because, yeah. you know, like, think back before you had trail cameras. It, or, like, I just think when I was a kid, you know, like, you see a big buck, you get a glimpse of them from a field. And then you go hunt, you see nothing. You're like, where's that deer? Like, what's he doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right now, what's that big buck doing? Yep. Is he bedded in the bottom of a ravine? Is he on top? Where is he? I just think that's so fun to think about. Yeah. And this year, it was really, uh, it almost reset me. Like, I was spoiled last year. I mean, yeah, obviously, but you worked hard I worked for it. For it. Yeah. I, I worked hard for it. But coming into this year, I was like, I'm on top of the world. You know, I just <laughs> had the best year of my season or best yeah. season of my life. Yeah. Time to follow it up. Yeah. And then it was just like, and honestly, I'm, I'm as much as it sucked during the season, having the 200 inch curse, if you want to call it that, I would call it that. I think it's a great name for it. Um, I'm glad I had it mm-hmm. because it, it really made me rethink how I hunt, like serve you up some humble pie a yeah, little bit. Not yeah, that really. you really, you weren't cocky before, but it's good for you sometimes, you yep. know, I don't wish a bad season on anyone, but like struggles add in as an accumulation to make you a better hunter, like a better, well-rounded hunter. Yep. And it, it's already having the season that I did this year is driving me for next year. Mm-hmm. So I don't have it again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No. You're, you're kind of like, all right, that season, it's almost like, let's get this one over with. Give yep. me the next year. Yep. Yeah. And now, now I have more drive going into next year to make a better plan to expand my horizons on where I'm hunting, how I'm hunting. Yeah, yeah. To try to, you know, if I have another year where I've got, and I did it this year a little bit, I I went on some public mm-hmm. to try to find mix a, it up. a deer, mix it up, you know. And like I said, I'm just, I, I think it'll it'll benefit me in the future having the season that I did to make me think differently. Yeah. I, well, I've gotten in a rut in the last five years, 
you know, I've had a pretty successful last five years. Yeah, you've had a run. Hunt, hunted a lot of, you know, a lot of really good deer. And and this kind of made me rethink it. Like, maybe I don't need to have all my ba- eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. You know, I spend a lot of time and focus on one or two spots. Maybe I need to broaden a little bit, broaden my horizons a little bit to look outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, no, I, I it's never a bad idea. I think that's hard to, I mean, that's really no argument to me. It's like, yeah, no. that never hurts. Yeah. But I can see like killing the deer you've killed and the success. It's like you almost can get honed in to like all the eggs kind of just end up getting moved over where, where you've been having success mm-hmm. or how you've been having success. So it's like, you know, but you know, also too, I think, I don't, I don't know who I just talked about this with. It might have just been you or one of the guys. Like, it's easy to look less successful when it comes to like harvest rate as an individual hunter yep. because you know you just kill a 206 inch to five inch 204 204 when you kill big stuff you want to keep killing big, big stuff, stuff but there's not always big stuff to keep shooting so w- when you get to a certain level of a hunter you almost can cap out and then you're just looking for that same level of thing and then yes you're still a successful hunter but your consistency of success because what you're hunting is not as consistent right it looks like you fall off as a successful hunter that might sound so confusing to me it makes sense it makes sense to me too when you hunt bigger stuff and you commit to hunting bigger stuff it's just your odds of success is lower and it's what you talk about as maturing as a hunter you know we all start with i started you started with one 30, 140. Perfect example. My buddy Devin Leonard. The dude only hunts deer. So yeah. he likes like I was with him in Mexico. Yep. I've been on a lot of hunts with Devin and he's like, I want you to shoot something. I'm good. The dude is like the king of the front out in Utah. Yep. The guy has killed the biggest deer you can kill out there. Like we're talking, he's got four deer over two hundred, three over two ten. And two over two twenty, is that what it is? Two over two thirty. Two over two thirty. So large. Huge. <laughs> so in order for him to hunt a deer for himself, he has to find the one that he's looking for in a certain class because he's matured. Right. And in his head, that's his own personal goal. Mm-hmm. But what's cool about Devin, he won't just be like, nah, I'm not going. He'll help his buddies kill the deer they want to kill. Yeah. And that's what he does. Like on this coos hunt, I had to deal with Devin because we made that hunter's box deal. It was like, okay, he is looking for a 120 coos or better, which is huge. It's monstrous. That's, yeah, that's like a 200-inch white tail. I'm looking for like a good one, 100 yeah. to 110, you know? And I told him, I was like, if the one comes out, I don't even, I wouldn't even want to shoot it because I want you to shoot it because he's been hunting for years for something like that. If it's of that 120 caliber. Yep. yep. So we did, of course, all that is a Kurt shooter. And then there's the next level, which would be a Devon shooter. That's how mm-hmm. we replied to it. So when we found the buck I ended up shooting, I was like, is it a Devon shooter or a Kurt shooter? And we thought it was like borderline Devon shooter. I was like, you can shoot this deer if you want. Like, I don't need to shoot this deer. You shooting, it's like me shooting it. Right. And he goes, nope, you're shooting it because you shooting, it's like me shooting it. <laughs> yeah. So that's what Devon's matured so much in his hunting. That's where he's at. And I, I feel like a lot of our groups that way where it's. Yeah, I think so. Our buddy's success means just as much to us as like your eight pointer. I was just as thrilled, if not more thrilled. Well, you had work. You, to, you had work put in on that right, buck of you to kill that deer versus if I killed it myself. Yeah, but you you had work put in on that deer too. You know, you came out with me in the summer and helped me prep for that. Heck yeah! But that's what's cool about like all of it. But like too is like 
you know, if you're with your buddies on a trip and somebody shoots something, you were all you all did it. Yep. You know, so I don't know I, the levels of deer hunting. You know, like this care and stuff. Everybody goes through a care and doe, like builds you as a hunter, and then I don't yeah. know. We went off on a side tangent, but it all makes sense to me. Yeah, me too. That's all that matters, right? Well, cool. Well, <laughs> good story. I'm glad you got Karen. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to a story like this. I am mounting her. Also. You are shoulder. Um, I am. So I'll have to get some pictures of that up once you get her back. I'm going to put her right next to Junk Brow. Oh, that'd actually be really cool. Yep. Um, if you guys have ever battled a doe, what did you name her? And did you end up shooting her? Did you try to shoot her? Did you not have a tag? Let us know in the comments on DeerCast. Uh, it'll be kind of neat to see how many people have had, had or not doe. had an, a target doe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to people who skim past this and didn't listen, they're going to be like, target doe? What the heck? So, but, but I think they people, missed out. They missed out. <laughs> the legacy of Karen has ended. Close the book. Finally. Thanks, buddy. You got anything you want to tell the people before we scoot? I don't. Uh, just hope you had a good season. Good luck this shed season. Um, yeah, shed season. That's coming real quick. I don't have a lot dropping yet. Um, it's already end of January. I'm actually going to go this year. I went one day last year. You better. Because trade shows. Yep. But I'm not doing as many this year. So. Heck yeah. Valentine's Day weekend. It's time. Yep. But. Leave your wife at home. Go shed on it. <laughs> <laughs> take her with. You good take, exercise. Take her with. And the kids. Yep. But no, I just. Good luck shed hunting everybody and. I'm excited to see pictures of what gets found and, and all that jazz. giant doe pictures. Yep. Lee likes your giant doe pictures. I want to see your double throat patch does. I want to hear their names. Ooh, I wonder how many have double throat patch Karens. I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's a bunch out there. We'll take it. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in, watching watching part of this podcast anyway, <laughs> and listening. Sorry about that. Uh, I, my brain will get back in the lanes here. <sighs> a couple months probably. <laughs> all right. Go shoot a giant. We love you. Giant Karen Doe, that is. Peace.